Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday evening chapel. We are being transformed into Christ likeness. Say it with me one more time. We are being transformed into Christ likeness. Somebody asked me earlier today, and maybe it crossed your mind, uh, what's this opening convention thing? Well, this is the third week of class. Everybody know that? Say amen. 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 Oh, you're not that excited about it? <laughs> Everybody know that this is the third week of class? Say amen. Okay. And that's true. So this is the opening part of the school year and the convention part. This is a meeting, a gathering, a special assembly. So that's the convention. So that's what we mean by opening convention. Okay, got that? Okay, ask the person next to you to explain opening convention to you. I, I mean it. Go ahead. Well, so, so much for that. Stan, would you sing? Two, three, four. Holy is the Lamb. Worthy to be praised. Worthy of all we can bring. Worthy of all we can offer. We lay our crowns at your feet. We lay our fears at your feet. We lay our self-preservation at your feet. We lay all of us, all of who we are, at your feet. And we cry holy. Accept our offering, we pray. Now and as we continue to worship through your word. Amen. Amen. Maybe see them. You know, I think our worship this year has been exceptional. Um, this is my fourth fall as president here. And um, Whereas we've had some wonderful chapels, it just seems to me that uh, our worship this year has been exceptional. And, uh, you know, God speaks to us in these times, doesn't he? And we need to hear his voice. We need to hear what he's saying to us and respond to what he's saying to us. Um... Thank you, chaplain, for leading us in worship and those that help you uh, because you are ministering to us and, and I so deeply appreciate that and I need that. Well, James Irwin, as a young boy, often pointed to the moon and told anyone who would listen to him that someday he would travel there. It's doubtful anyone believed him because space travel was still found only in science fiction tales. But Colonel James Irwin 
lived to see his childhood dream become a reality when he was a member of the Apollo 15 crew that made a successful moonwalk. He spoke of the thrill connected with leaving this planet and seeing it shrink in size. He mentioned watching Earthrise one day and thinking how privileged he was to be a member of that unique crew. He realized that as a result of his unique mission, many would consider him to be a superstar, an international celebrity, a hero, but humbled by the awesome goodness of God, Colonel Irwin shared his true feelings, which went something like this. As I was returning to earth, I realized that I was a servant, not a celebrity. So I am here as God's servant on planet earth to share what I have experienced that others might know the glory of God. You see, God allowed Colonel Irwin to discover a basic truth about Christ's likeness. We are called to be his servants. The Apostle Paul reveals the servant heart of Jesus in Philippians 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You will know by Thursday that Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite writers. In Compassion, a Reflection of the Christian Life, he writes, Our God is a servant God. It is difficult for us to comprehend that we are liberated by someone who became powerless. That we are being strengthened by someone who became weak. That we find new hope in someone who divested himself of all distinctions and that we find a leader in someone who became a servant. But that is exactly what Paul is saying in this passage that we have read. I love the way the New American Standard translates verse 6 and 7. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, held on to, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Here Paul uses the most vivid possible word to make clear the sacrifice of the incarnation. He emptied himself. 
He made himself of no reputation. And the Greek word literally means to be empty. It can be used of emptying things from a container or until the container is completely empty. Of pouring something out until there is nothing left to pour. You see, the glory of, of the divinity of Jesus is that he gave up willingly in order to become man. He emptied himself of his deity to take upon himself his humanity. Now, let's stop a minute. I got to admit to you, it, it is difficult to wrap your mind around this. John put it this way in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And in verse 14 we read, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus emptied Himself. He held back nothing. Again, now in writes, to follow Christ means to relate to each other with the mind of Christ. That is, to relate to each other as Christ did to us in servanthood and humility. Now the disciples just didn't get it. They really didn't. They didn't get it when Jesus was here. Let me show you one evidence of how they didn't get it. We found it in Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read it from the message. James and John, Zebedee's sons, came to, up to him and said, Teacher, we have something we want you to do for us. What is it? I'll see what I can do. Arrange it, they said, so that we will be awarded the highest places of honor in your glory. One of us at your right and the other at your left. And Jesus said, you have no idea what you're asking for. Are you capable of drinking the cup I drink? Being baptized into the baptism I'm about to be plunged into? Sure, they said. Why not? Jesus said, come to think of it, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized in my baptism. But as to awarding places of honor, that's not my business. There are other arrangements for that. Now, when the other ten heard of this conversation, they lost their tempers with James and John. <laughs> Jesus got them together to settle things down. <laughs> Boy, that hasn't changed much, has it? You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around 
Jesus said. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes through their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. A classic book by now and is in the name of Jesus. And he writes, the world in which we live, a world of efficiency and control, has no models to offer to those who want to be shepherds in the way Jesus was a shepherd. The leadership about which Jesus speaks is of a radically different kind from the leadership offered by the world. It is a leadership which is not modeled on the power games of the world, but on the servant leader Jesus who came to give his life for the salvation of many. Mother Teresa was an Albanian Roman Catholic nun with Indian citizenship who founded the Missionaries of Charity in Calcutta, India in 1950. For over 45 years she ministered to the poor, the sick, the orphaned, and dying while guiding the Missionaries of Charity throughout India and other countries around the world. By the 1970s she was internationally famed as a humanitarian and advocate for the poor and helpless. In 79, she won a Nobel Prize, Peace Prize, and the awards kept coming and coming. In fact, she received so many awards and prizes and doctorates and citations, she couldn't even keep up with them. But she always said this, it is for the honor of God and I receive this award in the name of the poor and for their benefit. She was often quoted as saying, tell them we are not here for the work. We are here for Jesus. We are religious, not social workers, not nurses, not teachers. We are religious sisters. All we do, our prayer, our work, our sufferings is for Jesus. He gives me strength. I love him in the poor and the poor in him. Without Jesus, our life would be meaningless, incomprehensible. We do it for Jesus. You see, Mother Teresa got it. She understood Christ-likeness was a servant's heart. Listen to it in her own words. I'm in Calcutta. 
Well, you remember the last time we met, we talked in Calcutta, and you did something very nice with, with Michael. You explained to him the five Gospels oh, of Jesus on the hand. Yes, I was so taken up with your caring and loving, I missed it. Would you do it for me? Yes, please. Do, eat, eat, to, eat. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you give it to me. You, Take your hand and help people. You did it to me. The five, five fingers the, and the five wounds of Jesus. Five wounds of Jesus. His love. We have here, I, I know you're very busy. This is the International Integrity Award for the work you've done for our Lord. And it's given in recognition to you because if Jesus were here, I'm sure we would have found Jesus. I would like to read the commendation that goes with it, so I hope you can get my heart yes. in this, because without my heart in this, uh, it's, it's nothing. This is the International Integrity Award. The John Roger Foundation honors Mother Teresa in deepest appreciation of your unswerving devotion to the upliftment of people everywhere, for your dedication to the alleviation of human suffering, and your untiring efforts to bring love, gentleness, and healing to the disadvantaged without regard to geographical, political, or racial boundaries, for a lifetime of service to humanity in which you are truly a living celebration of integrity, presented on this 26th day of October, 1984. And now it's October the 31st. Yes. This is what Jesus will say. I was hungry, getting to eat. Mm -hmm. I was naked, you clothed me. I was homeless, took me in. You did it to beautiful. As it's uh, something real. It's not uh, just a word. The living gospel in truth. A living action of love. And this is the beautiful gift that God has given you to share the joy of loving. Yes. What you do, I cannot do. What I do, you cannot do. But together we are doing God's Alright, that's how I see it. That's really the big reason why I'm here. Is my work can do more than just me too. Yes. I am going to deliver your message to all of our people. Let them give their hands to serve and their hearts to love. Yes. And works of love are works of peace. Yes. Thank you.
time of her death, the Missionary of Charity was operating 610 missions in 123 countries, included hospices and homes for people with HIV, AIDS, leprosy, tuberculosis, soup kitchens, children's and family counseling programs, orphanages, and schools. Mother Teresa got it. The followers of John the Baptist came to him saying, Jesus was baptizing everyone and, 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 and more people and everyone's going to him. It sounds a little bit like spiritual pride to me. But listen to the response of John the Baptist. He must become greater. I must become less. F.B. Meyer once said, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves, one above the other, and that the taller we grew in Christian character, the easier we could reach them. I now find that God's gifts are on shelves, one beneath the other. It is not a question of growing taller, but of stooping lower. That we have to go down, always down, to get his best gifts. And now one says, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. If we are to grow in Christ-likeness, we must be willing to empty ourselves, to hold nothing back. We must forget about polishing our image, saving face, making sure that we look Christian enough. To grow in Christ-likeness means to be empty of any and everything that would hinder a servant's heart. Dwight Dale Moody said, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. So what do we need to empty ourselves of? Well, I brought my suitcase with me tonight just to look in to see what might be there. never can get these zippers right. What is it in my suitcase that I need to empty myself of? What does that say? Pride. It's kind of an ugly thing, isn't it? Pride. all-consuming but never satisfied wants. Hmm. Selfish ambition. What is it that might hinder me? Jealousy. Well, let's see. Is that... Looks like it's empty. 
there's another thing here. Maybe I better check here. Unforgiveness. Hmm. There might be something in this one. There is. Argumentative spirit. Ooh. Well, is that it? Uh, one more. Let's see if there's anything in here. Yep. small-mindedness and lopsided pursuits. Well, you can't see that, can you? It's in your suitcase. What is it that hinders you from being a servant? You know, God wants us to empty these suitcases of anything and everything that would hinder us. But you know the wonderful thing about it? Is that when we empty ourselves of ourselves, God fills us up with Himself. He just doesn't want empty suitcases, He gives us new clothes. We trade the rags of pride and jealousy and selfish ambition for new clothes. Brand new clothes that we can wear. Forgive me, honey, but love. <laughs> Joy. Peace. <laughs> Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And goodness. <laughs> and now, I'm ready to serve. For I've traded the rags of my life for the glory of his presence in my life. The question I have for you tonight is what's in your suitcase? What is it 
that would hinder you from becoming the servant he has called you to be? What is it in your life that you just need to say, Lord, I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to unpack it. And we'll put it right here. And it's not going back in the suitcase. It's not going back in my life. I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to leave it here. This hindrance to becoming the servant that God has called me to be. Christ-likeness is not only simple obedience, but it is also a servant's heart. I want you to stand with me tonight. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've walked with God. These things like this, jealousy, they always want to work their way back in. You know? And I was pastoring my second church when God hit me straight on with this. And I had to lay it before him. I had to say, Lord, you're right. You're right. There is jealousy in my heart and in my life, and it's hindering me from being the servant that you had called me to be because I've taken my eyes off of you and I'm looking at others. And I had to lay that on the altar. Does that mean I wasn't sanctified? No, I was sanctified. Does it mean I'd backslidden and fallen away? No, I'm just telling you, these things want to work their way back in all the time. And sometimes they succeed. And that's why we have moments like tonight to come and lay it here afresh and anew and be filled afresh and anew with his love and his peace and his joy. I think it's appropriate just to walk all over these things. Because that's what they are. They're rags when he wants to give us his riches. Let's pray. Father, look into our hearts tonight. I, I thank you for these students. I love them. I thank you for them. They're here because of a great desire to serve you. But I know as a servant... I know as a servant there have been times in my life that I've picked up a rag and I've needed to lay it down. And if there's anyone here like that tonight, Father, give them the courage and the want to to lay it back down. I pray this in the name of Jesus. 
chaplain like is going to come and lead us in a song and this place of prayer is for you tonight and I invite you to come. may not be familiar now maybe there's someone here and like last night I, I so appreciated you coming and just putting a hand on someone's back praying with them they're your friends they're your colleagues they're your fellow students I invite you just to come as we sing maybe the course to that again just lay your hand on someone's back if you know them well enough you'd like to come around on the inside and pray with them I'd invite you to do that and let's just come together Seek the Lord together tonight. Thank God for His presence. Well, Heavenly Father, tonight we acknowledge the fact that, that being a servant has always been contrary to the ways of the world. We acknowledge tonight that we are born with the desire to push ahead, to be in the front of the line, to have our way, truth is, Father, we acknowledge tonight that because that is so much a part of our nature and so much a part of the world, we just allow a lot of things to get in that suitcase of our life that hinders us from being what Jesus has called us to be. We're reminded once again just how much you love us and how you want to build into our lives those very, those very things that, that we need to have to be like Jesus. We acknowledge tonight, Jesus, that your Father is our Father We acknowledge tonight, Jesus, that the spirit of your Father is our spirit. So tonight we invite your spirit to help us unpack the things that we need to unpack and be filled with the fruit of your spirit. would even say tonight Father I would just ask that you would forgive us as your church we have been so quick to embrace the things of this world that it has hindered us from being the servants that you have called us to be. And, and, and Lord, help us just correct our vision, not only our heart, but help us to see with new eyes tonight.
Jesus, if you show up for dinner with us, may we be the ones to bathe your feet with our love. May we be the ones to serve you as you have served us. Give us new eyes to see and new hearts to experience what you have called us to be. Help us, Lord, to serve your creation. And so tonight, whatever you show us, we're, we're going to lay it down. Right now, Lord, we're going to lay it down. We're not going to pick it up. We're going to lay it down. Put it away where it's supposed to be as rags. And we're going to embrace the riches of your spirit that we might live as Jesus lived with a servant's heart. This I pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, I want